In this episode, we're going to talk about how to find the right people for growing your business. We're going to talk to a recruiting expert on how to attract, hire, and retain the right employees for your business. This is P is for Profit. You're listening to the P is for Profit podcast with Adam Lean, where it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep and how much freedom you enjoy. Welcome to P is for Profit. My name is Adam Lean, and I, along with the rest of the team at the CFO Project, are passionate about helping business owners improve the profitability of their business. My guest today is Ryan England. He's the CEO of Core Matters, and they help businesses find the right people so that they can grow their business. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Adam. Yeah, so I'm really excited to talk to you because this is a huge pain point for, uh, I know for most of my clients and for many business owners that I work with, but uh, you know, you help businesses find employees essentially. So starting off, let me ask you, what are the two biggest myths about your industry <laughs> or the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the big things that people misunderstand about recruiting is that is an HR function. So often mm. HR is the one that takes over the recruiting process because it's people related. I believe that recruiting is actually a marketing activity. You're promoting your company, you're promoting the positions, and you're, you're essentially attracting people to your business just like you would a customer. It's just the sales process here is whether or not you want to hire them and have them join your team. I think that's one of the biggest things that business owners mistake for where recruiting happens inside of their business. Yeah. I think the other big myth is that people will leave a job for more money somewhere else. Nobody leaves a job for a quarter more an hour or even a dollar more an hour. It's been shown time and time again that looking for a job is one of life's most stressful events. And I'm talking the top 10 list. It's in the top 10 list right behind divorce, death of a loved one, relocation. I mean, these are big stressful events and looking for a job makes that list every single year. So most sane people are not going to go look for a job or leave a job for just a little bit more money an hour. There's a deeper reason they're leaving. And if you're aware of that and can figure out what that is, you can make huge changes in the engagement level of your team. Wow. The, the, I mean, that completely makes sense. So let's talk about those two things. We'll start with the, the recruiting uh, as marketing. So I guess explain, you know, because most, most businesses probably don't have a full-time HR type person. They kind of are very, vaguely familiar with what HR is. You know, so explain sort of the difference, why recruiting is not really HR and what is recruiting and, you know, and, and why it's separate from HR. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to say some things that those HR professionals listening are going to disagree with, but that's okay, <laughs> because most HR people don't like the act of recruiting. HR professionals, are they're a compliance role. They're there to protect your company. They're there to protect your people. Yeah. It's, a, it's compliance. It's following the laws and the rules, and they really enjoy that. And just like one of the other things I think is really interesting about a, a lot of small businesses is I find it interesting that HR almost always reports to the CFO. <laughs> HR almost always reports to the person in charge of the money because for many businesses, payroll is their largest expense. Yeah. And uh, so just like there's 
maybe a little bit of a misnomer there on where HR should report up to. I think that people go, well, we're recruiting. That's our people. So we should give that to HR. And if you look at the process of attracting people to your business, attracting good, high-quality employees, and you were to relate that to the way you attract customers, you would never give customer acquisition to a compliance person. Right. You just wouldn't do it. You give it to your marketing people, the creatives, the one that can really show how you're different in the marketplace, the ones that can show your value proposition. And for all intents and purposes, make you sound really awesome in front of your target market. So, so this is going to sound sort of counterintuitive to, I mean, this is counterintuitive to what most people do, but why, why go through the effort of, of, of using your marketing team who normally attracts, you know, customers or clients, why go through the effort to use them to, to appeal and, and attract um, employees, especially in a good job market? Yeah, so that's a great question because you want marketing focused on helping you grow your business. Mm-hmm. You want to have them focus on acquiring new customers. And one of the things that I believe is that if you get the right people on your team, the people that are engaged, the people that care, the people that want to take care of your customers and do a great job, their actions are going to attract more customers. That's exactly what I thought you were going to say. (laughs) I totally agree with you. You do that for customers. Good customers aren't always going to attract good employees. In fact, if you don't have good employees, those good customers you put all the effort into attracting may not come back and may not say nice things about you if you don't have good people. Totally. And when the job market's good, so we've got two different types of job markets we've dealt with recently. One is it's impossible to find people because everybody's employed. And then we've got this job market where no, so many people are unemployed, we're going to have our pick of the litter. I know a lot of business owners are very excited about that. The reality is, in either one of those situations, you have to stand out from somebody else. Remember, people don't leave jobs. They leave... Bad bosses. They leave bad bosses. They leave because they think the grass is going to be greener on the other side. HR is not positioned to talk about how awesome the grass is over here. That's not what they do. That's what your marketing team does every single day. They differentiate you in the marketplace and they make your company sound great and someone that you want to work with. I mean, that make completely makes sense. I mean, the, the, you know, if, you're, if payroll is going to be your largest expense, you might as well spend that money on people that are, are the, the, the top of the, the field and are excited about working there and, and, and uh, who's the best group of people to find those people. It, it makes sense. You're, you know, your marketing team, the people that, that make, make it exciting for customers to buy from you. Absolutely. And one of the things the marketing team is really good at doing is understanding your company both inside and outside. Totally. And we put such an emphasis on differentiating your culture from your competitors that when you're really clear on how to communicate the culture of your company, you're going to find people that just align with you and just get engaged. They hop on board and they just, they take the reins, they take control. And before you know it, you're like, where you've been all my life. (laughs) Right. Exactly. 
Yeah. And it completely makes sense. And that is, it's, it's kind of funny that that's ex- sort of the same situation I find myself with comparing a CFO to an accountant. And an accountant's role is compliance oriented. Their job is to make sure that the books are, are correct and that the IRS is happy. That's their role is compliance oriented. Their job's not, and this is not what they're not getting paid to help the business owner figure out how to strategize and how to grow and create a, a, a strategic plan or how to, to improve profit and cash flow tomorrow. That's not their job. And that's not what they're getting, getting paid for. And, sure. and there's a huge misnomer. And I think that completely makes sense with what you're saying with HR people and, and the people that should be going out recruiting. Absolutely. So the second myth is, and you, the, the quote that, uh, that I immediately thought of was people don't leave a bad job. They leave bad bosses essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned that there's a deeper reason if people don't leave for 25 cents an hour, you know, extra. So, so tell us, talk to us a little bit about that myth. Absolutely. So when you look at the studies and the research that they've done at large organizations, because very rarely do small businesses get involved in the Gallup surveys. They always go to the big companies of the world. But totally. when you look at the reasons that people stay engaged, you look at the reasons people stay long-term at a job, it's never about the money. Now, don't get me wrong. You got to pay well. You have to be competitive on your pay. This isn't an opportunity for you to say, well, I'm going to go get the cheapest people out there because then you're going to sacrifice skill. We don't want to do that. But when you look at the deeper reasons people stay, it almost always comes down to a values alignment. Every single one of us has a set of values or beliefs that we make decisions with. And when we're clear on those values, it makes making those decisions easier. Same thing happens with businesses. It, some people say it's almost cliche to talk about core values because it's, it's the thing we all talk about in leadership circles now, but it's so important because it's the foundation on which your business is built. And when you're really clear on the core values inside of your organization and you have leadership that's aligned to those values, they're going to start making decisions about who to hire and who to let go based on values. And when you hire people that align with your values, you're going to have higher engagement rates, longer retention, happier customers. Like I could just keep going on and on and on. Like, but yeah. everything's better when the values align. And that's almost always why people leave bosses or leave leadership or leave a company. And a lot of times in small businesses, the owners haven't even taken the time to think about what their values are. They don't know how to articulate them. They don't know how, definitely don't know how to promote them. And when people show up to work there, even if they did sell them on some sort of value, they may not be alive and well. And that's usually when people start looking for another job. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and if the value structure and the, and the, the, the business doesn't have that culture and, and have those values and the, the CEO or the owner doesn't really talk about them, then imagine the the their supervisor team or their middle management team who's going to end up supervising your new hires <laughs> if the owner's not talking about the values and it's not ingrained in the culture then the the middle manager is not definitely not going to do it and so the person that you just hired and you spent a ton of money recruiting and 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 training 
they're now working for somebody who do, who has even less values than the owner. <laughs> Absolutely. It all trickles downhill, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Completely makes sense. So let's, let me ask you this. So I have a, I have a client, a couple of clients in a, in a very similar industry where they're, they're looking for employees and they're, that their industry is just not, it's sort of a less than desirable type of job. It's, it's a dirty job. Somebody has to do it. It's like the, the plumbing, um, you know, restoration, mitigation type yeah. of industries. How do you, how does, and they're, they're always struggling with finding good people. And, and then they're not even necessarily looking for great people. They just want good people. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. how, how do they go about doing this? So what, are, what are your thoughts for them? Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the trades because that's where I cut my teeth on all of this and learning this process. So my process is actually built for the tradesmen, the craft worker, the people doing the dirty jobs. There's a couple of things that I think the first thing is realizing that most people in those industries, most businesses in those industries have never put a lot of effort behind marketing. And I'm not talking about spending money on ads. I'm not talking uh, having a great website. I'm talking about really understanding your message and your target market, the language that you use to describe your business. And when you start using language that aligns with your core values, you're going to stand out. You're going to be like Seth Godin talks about the purple cow. Mm -hmm. you heard, have you heard of that book? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're driving through the Midwest and you see all these brown cows, you're like, yeah, whatever. Maybe there's a black cow or a white cow. But if you saw a purple cow, you'd stop. You'd be like, honey, take a picture, put it on Facebook. Like you'd want everybody to know. And if you're one of the companies that figures out how to communicate your value and communicate your values to your target market, you're going to stand out almost like a sore thumb. But when you're looking to attract good employees, it's one of the best things you can do mm. is to do that. Now, the other thing that I hear a lot about the trades yep. is they don't care. These people aren't going to care that I know my values. That's too warm and fuzzy. And that's not, I mean, these guys are rough and tough and they, they don't care about that stuff. Right. And so one of the biggest objections I get, and I always ask them, if these tradesmen, if they have emotion and inevitably leaders say, no, they're not emotional people. I'm like, have they ever swore at you? Have they ever thrown a wrench? <laughs> have they yeah. ever gotten upset? Cause that's called emotion. Totally. <laughs> they have it. They just might not be very good at articulating it. Mm. And I think that's the big difference between the blue collar jobs and the white collar jobs in white collar jobs. You're almost educated and coached on how to articulate the emotions and the values because it's more well accepted. In the blue collar jobs, we haven't really accepted it yet, but it's still there. I'm not saying that you need to write a job description that says, hey, we sing Kumbaya every Thursday afternoon. Right. But you could put something in your job description that says, hey, we value your family because we know that's who you're working for. So if you've got to get to a kid's recital or a kid's doctor's appointment, just give us a heads up and we'll do our best to make sure that we can accommodate your schedule. 
So that completely makes sense. I mean, people, if they're, if they feel heard and if they feel like they're valued in their job and, and there's a culture that where they're appreciated, regardless of what type of job they have, they're probably going to stick around longer and they're probably going to be happier and they're probably going to re- refer other great employees to the business. That completely makes sense. Absolutely. You are a, essentially a recruiter recruiting company, right? I mean, you help businesses find those great people and create this culture and create a, a place where people want to come work. What do you say to, uh, for people that are uh, that, that have notoriously used places like Indeed or these other job sites? Like what's, the, what's sort of the difference? Like why use a recruiter, recruiter, basically? Yeah. So one point of clarification real quick, I am not a recruiter in the traditional sense. So in the, in the traditional sense, a recruiter is someone you give a job description to, you say, I need three of these people. They go to LinkedIn, they go to their network, they post some jobs for you, they do all the screening, and then they send you a couple of people and you make the decision to hire them. And the reason I don't do that is because I'm very much of the mindset that I want to teach people to fish. Mm. Uh, I, use, I use a lot of fishing and dating analogies in the work <laughs> that I do <laughs> because when you're, if you, if I can teach you how to prepare to go fishing and I can teach you how to get a fish in the boat, you might invest a little bit of time and money up front, but you're going to have those skills for the rest of your life. Mm. And one of the things I teach in my training is when you start thinking about who it is that you want on your team, like one of the reasons I think that most people can't find good people is because they don't know what a good person is yet. They haven't taken the time to define it. Mm, that's a very good point. And recruiters typically match somebody to a job description. Yeah. And that has very little success. Now, don't get me wrong. When you get into looking for someone to sit on your leadership team and the, and the pool of available fish is much, much smaller, recruiters are invaluable in that sense because a lot of those people aren't looking for work. You almost need to knock right. on the door and be like, hey, I've got an opportunity for you. Are you interested? And they're like, well, I haven't thought about it. But when it comes to the frontline employees, they're turning over all the time. And yeah. so instead of investing in a recruiter every single time you need someone, let's invest in a system that you can turn the volume up, turn the volume down. And so that's what I do. I work with my clients on implementing what I call the core fit hiring system. The system that I've developed over the last half a decade, and it walks them through every step of the process. And we build the processes and systems inside of their organization. We teach it to them so they know how to use it. And then we turn them loose. Mm. And we say, now that you know how to fish, go fishing. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I, I would rather hire somebody that has the, the work ethic and the value system and somebody that just simply is is just knowledgeable has the the the, the tactics. Absolutely, uh, the I, I tell people all the time. I say, I can teach you how to use a CRM. I can teach you how to turn a wrench. I can teach you how to weld. What I can't teach you how to do is set your alarm clock and get to work on time. Totally. <laughs> but what I can't teach you how to do is how to take good care of our customers. I can't teach you to care about the business like I do. So I need to hire first for those things. And then once I found those things in someone, I'll teach you the rest of the stuff. That's the easy part. Yeah, makes complete sense. So if somebody's listening and they, 
And they're saying, yes, this is me. I need this. <laughs> What's the process look like? What's the next step? Yeah. So if someone wanted to talk to me, you can find out, you get all my information on thecorematters.com. You can Google Ryan England. I've put a lot of effort into making sure that I'm easy to find. So you can connect with me through all the social media channels and everything. But the first step we would do is we would sit down and we would have a conversation about whether or not this was something that made sense for your business, because it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to put in the effort to do this and not everybody needs it. A lot of times, if you're only hiring one or two people a year, it's, it's almost better off just to make some tweaks and adjustments here and there. But if you're only hiring one or two people a year, go to your existing employees. That's going to be the easiest way to get them. But if you're at a point where you're hiring 10 people a year, if you've got a lot of turnover, uh, we've got a 12-week coaching program. It takes you through every step of it. We teach it all to you. And um, we, make, we hold you accountable and we make sure that we get all your questions answered through that entire process. Okay. Wow. So thecorematters.com. Yep. Okay. I'll make sure I put that in the show, modes, show notes. Wow, Ryan, thank you so much. I mean, we spend, you know, hours talking about this. I mean, employee em- recruiting, getting employees, managing them. I mean, this is all super important because, it, you know, payroll is one of the largest expenses. But, but thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. So if you would like to see if Ryan and his team can help you with the solving the people problem in your business, please reach out. I'll put, I'll put his uh, website in the show notes, thecorematters.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. And remember, the goal of your business should be to make more profit than last year and turn that profit into cash that you get to keep. Thanks for listening. The P is for Profit podcast is sponsored by the CFO Project. We help small business owners and entrepreneurs pocket bigger profits. If you're ready to discover the five changes required to boost your profits this quarter, you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Why Your Small Business Might Not Be As Profitable As It Should Be. Register at the CFO Project.com slash video.